Welcome back to Mads Lab. For this week's experiment, we will be unpacking all of my views on artificial intelligence, free will, big data, and once again, the attention economy. My name is Madela Meadows. I'm 15, actually, I'm 16 years old now, and I am a teenager that has very strong beliefs on all these topics. So, to start us off, I would like to talk about the um, topic of artificial intelligence, which is basically just the topic of intelligent machines becoming smarter than humans. So, my classmates and I spent some days arguing against each other on whether or not this could be a really good or bad thing. Um, For me, unfortunately, I do believe that the advancement in machines and technology will end up being a really bad thing in the future. I mean, if we keep advancing in our technology, making it smarter and smarter every day, then they definitely can eventually use their own minds and turn on us and take us down. I mean, this could possibly be the end of the world for us if we really think deeply about it. I mean, imagine all the sci-fi movies about robots and aliens taking over the world. I mean, they were literally telling the future because... To be honest, we're getting closer and closer to that actually happening. And I don't really feel good about this at all. I mean, I do believe that robots and technology will be dramatically smarter than us in the next 30 years at least. But, you know, technology is already way smarter than we are. So, you know, it can think and solve a billion times faster than we can. I mean, we already have all kinds of devices and robots in the making now. So if we keep advancing in our technology, then they definitely will be dramatically smarter than us, and we won't have anything to stop them. So I want you guys, whoever's listening to me right now, I want you to sit here and just think about a machine being smarter than us. I mean, how can we really stop that? That's like comparing a human being to a dog. So a human being has so much knowledge compacted in their brains. They went to school. They can do a whole bunch of stuff. But a dog, they only know a few commands. Okay? Yeah, they can do tricks. Yeah, they can, you know, run and play and eat. But they don't really, they're not smarter than a human being. They can't do as much as we can do. They can't even live as long as that we can live. But a freaking robot can live forever. So, I'm just trying to say that basically, we won't know what to do. We'll be the dog compared to the uh, robot. We won't know what to do. And if they're dramatically smarter than us, then we can't stop them. And that's a really big problem. So, another one of my beliefs on this topic is, I do think there's a very high chance that robots will take over human jobs one day. I mean, we're already starting to make robots to where they can do the more hands-on work that humans can do. So, like, you know, robots can fix cars, make clothes, make food, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. So, once this becomes a common thing, then thousands of human beings will lose their jobs and go broke. So what is the world going to come to once robots take it over? I definitely think that we should slow down and take a look at the kind of damage we are doing when we are making these adjustments to our tech. So in the beginning of this unit, I actually had no idea of what artificial intelligence was. I've never really been introduced to it like this before. And, you know, I, I knew it had something to do with technology, but I didn't know the deeper meaning to it. So after learning about AI, I learned that it definitely could be a very dangerous thing. Um, 
you know, after watching all the videos, you know, TED Talks like that, um, there's this one video that Sam Harris did where he said, can we build AI without losing control over it? And he kept saying that we have problems that we want to solve and we will continue to make things to solve them. So, you know, after he said this, I totally agreed with him. This changed my whole entire mindset towards AI. I mean, sadly, Sam Harris is right. We will never stop making advancements because we are trying to solve problems. I mean, we think that making advancements in technology will solve everything. But really, it can't. Not all of them. And, you know, some companies, they only do this because they want to make money. And I don't think they really think about the outcome of what they're really doing. So another thing that Sam Harris said, which totally matches what I said, was he thinks that if we build machines that are more intelligent than us, then they will explore the spectrum and there will be lots of unemployment because AI will take over our jobs. So another thing that led me to believe that AI is bad was after watching this TV show called Humans. You know, this TV show is fictional and it's about personal robots and how they have consciousness. So there were some times in the TV show where, you know, people would say mean things about the robot or whatever and the robot could hear and understand and feel what they were saying. So imagine if we lived in a world where there were robots and they had consciousness and they had feelings. We wouldn't be able to, it would just be like living with other human beings. And if you make them mad, they'd want to, you know, get back at you or do something like that. So that's another reason why I don't like AI. Because if we had robots that had feelings and consciousness, then we'd have to tiptoe around them as well. And, you know, really... Be careful with what we say around them. So yes, AI can probably help us with so many things like cooking for us, helping us around the house, running errands, and so much more. But how long will it be once they develop consciousness and get tired of it to the point where they feel like they're being worked so much that they think they're slaves and they'll eventually want to take over our world? I mean, yes, we're the ones that created them, but once something is created, they can have a mind of their own, just like when we were born. At first, we had no idea who we were, then as time passed, we developed, learned, and grew, and now we can make our own decisions. So this can happen with robots, but it can either become a negative or a positive thing. So robots will be so much smarter than us, then who knows what they'll be able to do. So if we work these robots so much, making them do everything for us, like treating them as if they were nothing, then they could possibly feel that and punish us or, you know, maybe even kill us. So after learning about AI, I am definitely very concerned with what our future has in store. I'm unable to marshal an appropriate emotional response to all of this, um, but I do know that everyone should be very worried about this topic starting now. A lot of people have no idea what AI is and what's coming, and I feel like we need to get this message out as soon as possible before it's too late. So 
so now moving on to our next topic we will be discussing free will so free will is basically on the power of acting without the constraint of necessity or fate so it could be the ability to act at one's own discretion for free will you can either be three things you can be a compatibilist a libertarian or a hard determinist I do believe that when I make a choice like to buy shoes or cereal or any items for that matter, you do have free will. You don't have anyone making you choose what to get. It's your own thoughts and opinions telling you what you want. That sounds like free will to me because you are using the power of acting without any constraint. I'm very confident in this belief because I know that it's the freedom of someone's choice. Anybody can choose not to go to work or school or do their homework. I personally don't like making people making decisions for me. I like to have my own freedom to do what I want. I also believe that I have total freedom to control, alter, and change my behavior at any time because you are your own self. You have your own mind that tells you what to do. You can be yourself whenever and wherever you want. You control you and no one or nothing else does. In the beginning of this unit, I never really thought deeply into what free will was. I always knew it was a topic, but I never paid attention to it. After learning more about what free will is and all the different definitions of it, I started off thinking that I was a libertarian, but now I'm leaning more towards a hard determinist. I'm still indecisive, but in the article Free Will by Paul Bloom, he says, Free will is an illusion. Our wills are not of our own making. Thoughts and intentions emerge from background causes of which we are unaware and over which we exert no conscious control. After Boom has said this, I really started to think deeply about everything that I do and how it reflects off of things that I've learned or gone through. I mean, think about it. Right when you were born, do you have free will? When you're a kid, don't you copy things off your parents, friends, or something you saw on TV or just in general? Where do you think we get our first words from? Or where do we get most of our knowledge from when we were growing up? We are a reflection of our upbringing, and we do what we do now based on how we were raised. So Boom had a point to say that our thoughts come from our backgrounds. Bloom has also said that you did not pick your parents or the time and place of your birth. You didn't choose your gender or most of your life experiences. You had no control whatsoever over your genome or the development of your brain, and now your brain is making choices on the basis of preferences and beliefs that have been hammered into over a lifetime. By your genes, your physical development since the moment you were conceived, and the interactions you have had with other people, events, and ideas. This also led me to believe that I was a hard determinist. There are some things that we just can't control, which is definitely not free will. Yes, we do have the power of acting without the constraint of necessity or fate, and have the ability to act at one's own discretion. But like I said before, how do we know what we are acting without letting things in the past affect what we are doing? In this case, we don't really have free will because we are letting outside activities affect our thinking, not giving us our own thoughts about the topic. We never got a chance to make up our own mind because someone else's opinion is already stuck in our brains. So after learning a little bit about free will, I definitely would say that I am a hard determinist. I personally don't care for it that much or think about it that much because I feel like it's hard to change or stop outside activities from affecting our thoughts, so we really can't do anything about it. So now, moving on to my second to last topic, I will be discussing the topic on big data.
So I do believe that it could be comforting for an algorithm to know me really well because, you know, if I'm feeling down or sad or any mood for that matter, it would be really nice to have my phone pop up with, you know, just something that's very inspirational to turn my mood around. I think it would also be nice to have an algorithm that could, you know, just help me in certain situations when I don't know what to do. So if I'm trying to figure out, like, let's say, what cereal I want to eat, if this algorithm knows me super well and knows my mood, it can just be like, oh, eat um, some Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Although I don't really think it would be a good idea because this could take a negative turn in the future. It could turn out to be dangerous if you really think deeply about it. Um, so whoever has our personal information, they could use it to blackmail us, ruin relationships, jobs, or anything else related to that. I mean, I guess I would say that there are definitely pros and cons to having such intelligent algorithms, um, but I definitely feel kind of 50-50 about it as of right now. I also believe that I should be able to control who or what sees my personal data. I mean, almost everyone nowadays store everything on their devices. They'll have credit card information, receipts, photos, text messages, or anything that's super close or personal to them. It's all stored on these little devices. I mean, we should have the right to protect our privacy, right? But, you know, it could go both ways, though, because... We are choosing to use these big social media platforms and store all of our information on them. But if we are using these companies' products, they almost have a right to see what people are doing if it's their product. Because, for example, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat, they're all free apps that aren't charging us for money. So it's not like we are paying them for these apps. So how would we set boundaries for these social media companies to not look through all of our stuff? Unfortunately for both of my priors, I feel 50-50 about everything. I mean, I don't really know how I feel because there are arguments people can make from both sides that will almost equally match up. I mean, it's almost like a tie. In the article, Equality, Those Who Own the Data Own the Future, it says, Mandating governments to nationalize the data will probably curb the power of big corporations, but it might also result in creepy digital dictatorships. This quote led me to believe that if we let the government take our data, it could turn into creepy dictatorships that we don't want. But then again, in the same article, it says, but we don't have much experience in regulating the ownership of data, which is inherently a far more difficult task because unlike land and machines, data is everywhere and nowhere at the same time. It can move at the speed of a light and you can create as many copies of it as you want. So even in the article, the author doesn't know who would be right to hold all of our personal data. The government may not fit the job, and we can't fit the job, so what do we do now? Again, my thinking in this topic stayed the same, and I'm still stuck between what side to take. Both sides have really good arguments, and it's very confusing and difficult to try to figure out what side I'm going to want to take. So now for my very last topic, my favorite topic, we will be talking about the attention economy. (music) 
so not too long ago, I actually did a podcast on this exact topic, and it was very entertaining. My mom and my dad chimed in and just kind of, you know, talked about their beliefs on their topic, and it was very funny, <laughs> I would say. But um, for me, I feel like, you know, interactions that are meant for people are now going towards social media. I mean, we don't pay attention to anything else but our phones. For example, if you go into a restaurant... Try to pay attention to see how many people are on their phones and not interacting with their friends or family. I mean, I personally consider that I've been at a dinner table and only want to watch Netflix the whole time. And, you know, because Netflix can get very addictive. I also believe that social media companies don't really know who's behind the screen. Young children can be on the phone while looking at social media and get influenced by something very inappropriate or gruesome. I mean, media is going to be the downfall of our future generations. Unfortunately, when you're a kid, you always look up to, you know, your brother or your sister. But I feel like now, kids are going to look up to social media. Like, they're going to go to their phones at 10 years old and look at all the different YouTubers and Instagram models and all of that, like, they're just, they're going to be influenced by the wrong stuff, and I'm very worried about that. I also believe that social media companies listen to our conversations through our apps to find out what we are interested in, so they can bring in ads that we will pay attention to and buy something so it will benefit their company, which makes them more money. Like my dad said in my last podcast, We are all dumbers. All we do is go on our phones and scroll up and down, up and down, up and down for no reason. Like, there's really no point to look at Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter feeds. It it just doesn't do anything for us, you know? So after reading this one article, it says that hijacking of the human mind are systems that are better and better at steering what people are paying attention to and they are better and better at steering what people do with their time than ever before. So these are things like Snapchat streaks, which is hooking kids to send messages back and forth with every single one of their contacts every day. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I have a couple streaks. But anyways, these are things like autoplay, which causes people to spend more time on YouTube or on Netflix. These are also things like social awareness cues, which by showing you how recently someone has been online or knowing that someone saw your profile. They, they keep people in, you know, they keep people in check. Another thing that I read in the same article was that technology steers what 2 billion people are thinking and believing every day. It's possibly the largest source of influence over 2 billion people's thoughts that has ever been created. Religions and governments don't have that much influence over people's daily thoughts. But we have three technology companies who have the system that, frankly, they don't even have control over, which they have news feeds and recommended videos and whatever they put in front of you, which is governing what people do with their time and what they are looking at. So obviously, I think that the attention economy is a very huge deal because, you know, too many people are too wrapped up in you know, Instagram and Snapchat and all the social media things that they're not focusing on what's really important. And as a teenager, you know, I get very distracted when it comes to 
social media and I think that it's a very bad idea and I think it's just a big distraction and I think that people need to really understand that they don't need social media to become a good and you know successful person. I know for a fact that all of my friends procrastinate so much because they are so wrapped up in Netflix and YouTube and Hulu and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter that it's just impossible for them to focus on the schoolwork. I mean, it's impossible for me too. And I don't really know how to stop it, but I mean, I try, but it's so intriguing that it just pulls you and pulls you and pulls you and you don't ever want to stop. You don't ever want to let go. So I guess I would say that I'm very against the attention economy just because it's not very good for us. And, you know, social media companies, they're not really thinking about who's behind the screen. They're not, they don't care about our privacy. They don't care about any of that. As long as they're making their money, then it's cool. And I think that people need to really pay attention to what this is because, you know, me, after not, if I didn't learn about this, I would have not known, and in the future, it could bite us in the butt, and if we don't know about it now, then what are we going to do? So now that all of you guys have listened to my beliefs on these topics, and just, you know, just seen how my beliefs change throughout time, I think that this is a wrap. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I know my voice is a little annoying because of all the congestion going on because of the smoke and the fire that's been happening. But, um, you know, just thank you for listening. And hopefully you guys take in consideration that a lot of these topics, you know, are really happening and that we need to do something about it. So thank you for listening and come back and I'll talk to you all later. Peace out. Thank you.